Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Stephen. This is Jennifer Varner. I'm based out of uh, Kentucky. And I just wanted to call and kind of give you a little tidbit about my obsession with dinosaurs in Jurassic Park as well. Listening to your podcast really just kind of lit the fire in my heart again for Jurassic Park. Uh, the resurgence of the new films are amazing. I think, like you said, uh, you cannot beat the original. I was the kid kind of like you who knew every dinosaur's name at age three. could probably say them before I could say many other words. Uh, dinosaurs have always just held a special place in my heart. Um, my parents were divorced as well, just like you, and holding on to the dinosaurs and going to see those films with my dad and my brother and my sister just really made me feel like there was magic in the world, even when, you know, sometimes the world's crumbling around us. Uh, currently, we um, have a Jurassic Park t-shirt that my boyfriend likes to wear around everywhere we go. And it just amazes me how, like you said, the community around the film is uh, just still so alive today, even before the resurgence of the most recent one. Uh, it makes me happy that there are other dinosaur geeks out there, and I'm just really happy to hear that, you know, you're out there doing this podcast and that I'm able to listen to it. So looking forward to hearing from you and hearing more about the podcast. Uh, love you on My Favorite Murder as well. Have a good day and hope to hear from you. Bye, Steven.
Hi everyone, it's Stephen Ray Morris, and you're listening to See Jurassic Right, Minisode Edition. Uh, I've just been so floored and um, touched by everybody's emails and phone calls and stuff, and I just, uh, even though this is supposed to be just a monthly podcast, I wanted to do little things to show my thanks, and so uh, this is going to be the first of, hopefully... Uh, a handful of minisodes um, where I play uh, your phone calls and I read your emails and uh, yeah, just to just to um, say thank you. And the first email was from Jennifer, and I really appreciate those kind words. Um, yeah, I mean, it was something that I didn't, you know. She talks about lighting a fire, and I really appreciate that because I feel like that's kind of how I got back into Jurassic Park. Um, with uh, some tumblers, I Heart Jurassic Park and Jurassic Raptor and uh, It's Jurassic World. Those were the kind of tumblers that when I was was doing that sort of thing really uh, inspired me to sort of get back into the movies along with, as I mentioned in the first episode, the uh, the uh, the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park. So it was, that was kind of all around at the same time, uh, which was really cool. Yeah, so I'm just going to start reading some emails and playing some phone calls. Uh, the first one is from Natalie, and she says, Hi, Stephen. I wanted to share two Jurassic Park stories with you. I saw JP when I was in kindergarten. This would have been around 1995. I had always been into dinosaurs, which usually meant looking at their pictures in the encyclopedia. I can totally relate. My mom told me I wasn't allowed to see the film since it was PG-13, but, in all caps, I slept over at the house of one of the three Sarahs in my class. Always three. She asked if I wanted to watch the VHS of JP, and I said, yes, of course. I watched and had nightmares for days. Eventually, I got over it. Obvi. Uh, that was her obvi, not mine. And it remains my favorite film. Much later in life, two years ago, my friends and I were tubing down a river in Florida, as you do. Um, my two friends were tethered together, and since I was alone, I was tethered to the cooler and nicknamed it Jeff Goldblum. The next morning, my friend had printed a picture out. We put it on a plastic bag to protect it from the elements and thus became the cooler named Jeff Goldblum. See the photo below, which I'll um, include in the episode. Um, Jeff is a hit at parties and always makes a showing during Mardi Gras. Keep on keeping on. Natalie, a clever girl. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it looks like almost like an Andy Warhol-ish iconic uh, shot of Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm. Uh, on this <laughs> duct tape to this cooler. Uh, I love that. Thank you, Natalie. And now I'm going to play a phone call from my friend, Elisa. Hi, Stephen. It's Elisa. Uh, this is my fun Jurassic Park story. Um, it's not. It's kind of embarrassing and kind of funny. So I loved Jurassic Park when I was a kid, but then I remember <laughs> when the second Jurassic Park came out, I was, like, so psyched. And me and my friend, my best friend Gina, who has the same birthday as me, decided to watch it at her house. And I got so fucking terrified at the scene where, like, the T-Rex is just, like, destroying that car that it, like, scarred me. And I haven't watched any Jurassic Park movies since. And I think also the reason it stuck with me so much is that same day it must have been that we decided to just like start playing tag or something around her house because I was scared and I didn't want to watch the rest of the movie because I was a little baby. So we were playing tag around her house 
and she ran outside and I ran to go after her and somehow like my arm was behind me and this like her front door like screen heavy door like slammed on my finger and it really hurt and I like sucked up one of my fingers for a little while so I have a very like weird relationship with Jurassic Park but um, it's actually playing in Brooklyn this weekend, so I think I'm going to go see it on Saturday. Okay, um, take care. Bye. Ouch. Well, I hope your fingers are okay, Lisa. Um, wow, thank, thank you for sharing. Uh, the Lost World is pretty terrifying. I would say it's probably, I would say it's more, I mean, I, I think it's scarier than the original in many ways. Um... You know, with the two T Rexes and just the, just there's like more bad dudes in that movie too. You know, it's like that movie actually has villainous humans, whereas like the original Jurassic Park, um, you know, just had misguided dreamers. Uh, you know, but you had Dieter Stark and even, you know, um, Ludlow. Uh, this suit cost more than your reputation. Uh, I don't know why he has more of a cockney thing going on. Anyway, um, I mean, I used to play, I feel like I played dinosaur in like Jurassic Park when I was a kid, definitely like in elementary school where you like with your friends, you're like pretending to like, you know, but I think we always were the, well, I don't know if I, I mean, I feel like I've definitely done some T-Rex hands as a kid. So, um, but yeah, thanks Lisa for that wonderful phone call. All right. My, uh, next, uh, letter is letter. My next, uh, email is from Natalie, different Natalie. Uh, she says, hi, Stephen. I hope all is well. My name is Natalie. I just discovered the Natch Butte podcast. So good. Uh, I agree. It is fucking awesome. And Jackie Johnson is a incredible person. Um, heard your episode this week. I work in an office and I'm also an artist. So I spend a lot of time at some sort of desk every day. I always look for new podcasts and music to keep me company while I work. As soon as I plugged your Jurassic Park podcast at the end of Natch Butte, uh, as soon as you plugged your podcast, <laughs> I totally... Uh, interpreted it that way. Anyway, uh, I knew I had to check it out. I'm a huge fan of the film. Uh, I listened to the first episode and it's so great. I love it. I've never met another person that has loved JP as much as myself. I mean, I know people love the movie dearly, but I've always had a connection to it that is on a special nerd level. I thought I would share my story with you because it's so fun to share these little slices of joy with other humans. When growing up, I loved reading, drawing, any kind of art really, and making up stories. I had a huge imagination. My parents separated when I was really young, so I lived with a single hardworking mom. Go hard work and single moms, uh, who unfortunately had to work a lot. I wasn't really into sports or after school programs, so I spent most of my afternoons watching TV and playing with my cat Joey. Uh, I watched a lot of animated films, a lot of ET. I think I was the only kid not afraid of it. You might be the only one. Uh, and I inherited Star Wars from my grandpa. I recognized at a very young age that movies were really special and that I also wanted to tell stories that made others feel the way that those films made me feel. Enter Jurassic Park. One day my mom gave me a choice. I could attend the end of the school year skating rink party, or I could go to the actual movies, a treat occasion, to see Jurassic Park. Obviously, this was not a hard decision, and I went with the movie. The roller rink always smelled funny anyway. Even though I was only eight years old, I remember feeling blown away by the movie. I never really cared. I really cared about the characters. I was never bored, and the Raptor Kitchen screen scared the shizza out of me. <laughs> Uh, a new level of imagination and creativity were unlocked in my little brain, and I remember specifically on the drive home, looking into the passenger side mirror of my mom's Honda and pretending to see a T-Rex chasing after us. 
When I got a little older, I begged my mom to let me join the school marching band. I had it in my head that I absolutely needed to play the trumpet. Even as a little kid, the music in my favorite movies made me so emotional that I wanted to recreate everything. My mother is an angel and let me join the band joined band, and I ran home every day after school and taught myself how to play the theme from Jurassic Park. So dorky. Uh, bless her heart for not throwing the VHS tape out the window because there are a lot of rewinding and squeaky trumpet noises all day long. Side note, I was able to see John Williams perform last summer at the Hollywood Bowl. Jealous. Uh, he played some of his greatest hits before diving into The Force Awakens. Oh boy, let me tell you, hearing those familiar notes in real life is something I always keep in my back pocket for a rainy day. Most beautiful and magical moment. I'm a 32-year-old adult, and my favorite movies always feel brand new every time I rewatch them. They cultivated this ongoing dream that has always sat in my heart. These stories were such a great comforting companion for a little kid that had to spend a lot of time alone growing up. They offered a window to possibility. As an artist, that's what inspires my work the most. I knit so much of my heart into the tiniest details, hoping in some way people can actually feel the sincerity and be connected to the spark that I feel. I could go on and on with a million more reasons why I love the franchise, but I'll spare you. I'm sure you've heard it all. Thank you for making some lovely and cool stuff for us nerds to enjoy. Best, Natalie. Uh, at Blue V Designs. Blue with without the E. Uh, P.S. How excited are you for Fallen Kingdom? Uh, well, thank you so much for that really touching email, Natalie. Uh, I am excited for Fallen Kingdom. I think the title's really rad. Um, and everything... I'll just go on record now since I'm keeping track of this that uh, I think the ingredients that so far are in the mix for what we know about Fallen Kingdom make me think that it's going to be uh, the best Jurassic Park movie since the original. So I'm very hopeful. But um, yeah, those music notes. Oh, I can actually, it's funny you reminded me. I It wasn't the Jurassic Park theme, but I could play the Titanic theme on a toy trumpet, which isn't exactly the same. But um, yeah, Jurassic Park definitely for me was that kind of thing where it was like, oh, wow, like movies can make people feel this way. Like, I want to know more, you know. So uh, I definitely, you know, it definitely was something that really uh, launched creativity, I think, for me, too, in a big way. So uh, thank you, Natalie. I appreciate it. The next letter. God, why do I keep saying letter? I, I guess it's because I printed them out. Um, uh, hi, Steve. This one's from Faith. Uh, Hi, Stephen. I'm super stoked about this podcast. I've really enjoyed the work that you do, and I'm a dinosaur nerd, so this combination is kind of a dream for me. Anyway, I saw Jurassic Park in a drive-in. That's really cool. When I grew up, there was a drive-in that always had a double feature. One night, the double feature was Lion King and Jurassic Park. My parents uh, bought my brother and brought my brother and I and expected us to fall asleep after Lion King. I started to feel sleepy and as my eyes felt heavy, Jurassic Park began and I suddenly was super woke. I stayed awake for the entire movie and was awe-inspired. For the rest of my life, I've been known as the dinosaur kid. For my 20th birthday, my friends and I had a party and still had some dinosaur decorations they got me, including straws and party favors. Uh, Me too, Faith. Uh, Most nights I sleep on dinosaur pajamas even though I'm a 26-year-old adult. I'm a teacher now, and in my credential program, I got a reputation as the girl that really likes dinosaurs. I remember making series of posters of education theory that I used dinosaurs to represent these ideas, and those posters were hung around one of our classrooms for the rest of the academic year. Fast forward to now, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I recently got my own classroom and had a program donate a bunch of books to my classroom. While one of the representatives was there, I started fawning over a dinosaur encyclopedia. About a week later, she showed up at my classroom with a bunch of dinosaur books. I was so stoked and laid them out on the reading rug the next morning. Uh, yeah, out of out on the reading rug uh, next morning. It kind of started a dinosaur club in my class, and almost daily a student would ask me about a dinosaur, and we end up looking up information about it while I also tried to do role 
uh, call for the first 15 minutes of class. Also, a good, a good friend of mine recently moved to Honolulu. I flew out there last April to visit, and one day she said she had a surprise for me and drove us out to Kualoa Ranch, where a few scenes from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World were filmed, and she had signed us up for the Jurassic Park tour. I got to take some pictures hiding behind the stampede log. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, from Jurassic Park and with the Jurassic World sign. It was one of the best presents I've ever received. I love the podcast and wish you the best of luck, Faith. Well, thank you, Faith. Um... I would say Lion King is actually probably my favorite uh, Disney movie, you know, classic Disney movie from childhood. I went to Florida, like went to um, Orlando, Florida and stuff, Disney World when I was uh, when Lion King came out. So uh, my sister and I were, you know, covered in uh, Lion King swag. My sister even had the Simba and Nala that kiss with the magnetic nose. Um, So Lion King is definitely one of those one of those other childhood nostalgia movies for me, I think. Um, and I'm definitely known, I mean, I, I feel like maybe with the percast and stuff, you know, cat things and stuff come to play now, but I definitely was the like dinosaur kid for sure. Um, and that's so awesome that your classes, that that woman donated those books. And now like all these kids in your class are also becoming dinosaur people. So that's super rad. Uh, thank you, Faith. The next uh, email is from Shannon. Uh, hi, Shannon. I love this podcast you're creating. Jurassic Park means so much to me. As a side note, I also love the podcast of My Favorite Murder, which is where I was first introduced to your work. Oh, thanks, Shannon. Uh, anyway, here's my story. Right down to business. Uh, <laughs> my mom took my older sister and myself to see Jurassic Park at a drive-in. Another drive-in. Uh, I was only three at the time, so I don't remember seeing it there. But for some reason, the fact that that fact has always stuck with me. It was likely the very first movie I saw on the big screen. As a kid, I would pop Jurassic Park into a VH, VHS player all the time and sit two inches from the screen to watch. However, as well as enthralled I was, I was also super scared, so I'd sit there with my hands over my eyes during the first T-Rex and Dilophosaurus scene, and I'd periodically get nightmares about dinosaurs chasing me after watching it. So I had a very complex relationship with it. I would also go into the backyard and dig through the mud and dirt, pretending I was an archaeologist. Somewhere in my small brain, I had gotten paleontologists and archaeologists mixed up. I wanted to find dinosaur bones, just like Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler. When I was a bit older, I saw the second movie, and to be honest, I was a little disappointed. My favorite characters were Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler, so I missed them in The Lost World. The third movie came out, though, and I was happily reunited with my two favorites, and I enjoyed it much more, even though I was still too young to understand that it's a black comedy. I sort of fell out of the fandom as I got older, and they stopped making movies, uh, much like you did. Um, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings took up all the fandom space in my life, but I would still find myself watching it anytime I saw it playing on TV. It didn't matter what I was doing or what else was on. I just had to sit and watch it. When I was in college, they announced that they were re-releasing Jurassic Park to theaters in 3D, and that's when I truly fell in love with it all over again. I was so excited about getting to see it on the big screen and actually remember it at this time. I made sure to buy advance tickets for my boyfriend and myself just in case it sold out. After we were both giddy about how, the movie, how well the movie aged and how much the effects still held. We also were a little paranoid about the Raptors are going to break into our bedroom that night. After seeing it, I realized something. Since high school, I'd always said that an indie film called Away We Go was my all-time favorite movie. But after seeing Jurassic Park again, I realized that I had loved this movie all my life. It might not be as hipster cool to love, but it might not be as hipster cool to love, but I did love it more than any other film. I seriously watched it at least once a month, and I once blacked out drunk, demanded my boyfriend put it on so I could fall asleep. Uh, by the time Jurassic World was announced, I was fully immersed in the fandom again. I eagerly watched for any news when they announced, and then when they announced Chris Pratt and, and then yeah, and when they announced Chris Pratt and Jake Johnson, two men whose TV characters I was in love with, I was ecstatic. I saw it opening night and was so happy afterwards. I know it had its problems, but it was still something new and exciting in this universe that I loved. Jurassic Park 
uh, and the fandom has become a small part of my identity. It's become a comfort for me. It gives me a sense of nostalgia for the excitement, scariness I experienced as a child, as well as a way to challenge my thinking by coming up with new theories or reasoning for potential plot holes in the universe. It also gave me something I didn't realize until much older, a feminist role model. Like I said before, Ellie was is one of my favorite characters, and as an adult, I've realized how strong of a character of a female character she is, which made me love her even more. I even dressed up like her at work before, which is what the picture attached is. It was a dream come true for me to embody somebody so badass. Jurassic Park has given me and continues to give me so much, and I'm so thankful for that and for you creating this podcast. Uh, so that's my story. Sorry if it's super long. It's not. Uh, my boss says I need to work on being more concise. Fuck your boss. Uh, I mean, unless you like your boss. Also, I have downloaded your book on my Kindle, but I haven't given, haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, and I own a fat ginger tabby cat named Cornelius Pudge. That's great. Thank you, Shannon. And... Uh, yeah, her costume is super badass. Uh, again, I'll share it. Um, so cool. Uh, well, thank you so much, Shannon. I really, that really means a lot for, uh, you to say. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to touch on your, yeah. Cause I mean, for me, like what made me go to film school in the first place was, um, Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. And obviously I love that movie still. And I love, uh, the like the Wong Kar Wai films in the mood for love and Chunking Express and stuff. And I definitely think there's room for to like both, you know, how Jurassic Park in Lord of the Rings can be my favorite movies, but also Lost in Translation and in the mood for love or, uh, you know, something like that. So uh, I think, you know, it's about embracing both. And I like that, you know, we live in a world where we can do that now. Um, yeah. Thank you, Shannon. Um, that was a very sweet email. And now I'm going to play an email from Jacob. Hi, Stephen. Uh, my name is Jacob, and I am from Toledo, Ohio. And I have a very special connection to Jurassic Park. It's a bit unique in the way that it kind of shaped the way I am today as a person. Uh, when I was young, it captured my imagination, obviously. I mean, there were dinosaurs, and they were real. But also, Jurassic Park has a very distinct logo, and I don't think I really knew what a logo was back then. I couldn't really identify it, you know, as a logo per se, but the simple shape, the circle and square with the T-Rex inside, it was kind of um, captivating, and it, and it was something that I wanted to recreate and draw. So I was a very obsessive drawer as a kid. I had my crayons, my marker. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everything and I would just doodle it all day, recreate the logo, put my own dinosaur inside, change it up, change the colors. I just loved it. I mean, 
the Jurassic Park logo was so special. It really kind of defined the world. It, it set up this idea of branding and capitalism that they, they kind of shine a light on in the movie, but, uh, it really established a lot and I just loved it. It set me on this course and I eventually went to school for graphic design. And in school, I watched a TED talk where designer Chip Kidd is talking about how he designs book covers. And one of his most prominent book cover designs was for Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. And the original design he made is the same design that they kept for the movie. And everything kind of clicked at that moment watching that TED talk. And I realized that designer Chip Kidd actually created something that was repurposed for the movie. It was so good. And that singular logo activated the imagination of a little young Jacob who eventually ended up being a graphic designer and, you know, specializing in branding actually. So when I think about why I became a graphic designer and, you know, how did my life kind of take this course I actually attribute it to being in love with not only the movie, but the logo uh, for Jurassic Park. That's my story, and it's kind of special to me, and I'm really excited that you're doing this podcast. It's really probably the only podcast that I think that this story is appropriate for, so I had to make sure I called in. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jacob, for your really sweet phone call. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know. I hadn't, I actually didn't know anything about the design of the Jurassic Park logo. Uh, Chip Kidd, I'll have to check out his TED Talk. Um, I'm sure I'll include a link to it in the notes for the show. Uh, that's really rad. And yeah, I love, I mean, you know, as, as somebody who's a creative person, I just, it's that kind of thing, like where, uh, you know, you have no idea what you're making and you don't know why you're making it, or maybe you do, but it, it's so cool to see the effect that it can have and, it, it, you know, art can affect your art and pop culture can affect your life in these kind of positive uh, ways. And it can drive you to to create and inspire you to to find purpose in your life. And, and that's really rad. So uh, thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate that um, that phone call. And, yeah, I definitely need to check out that TED Talk chip kit. I want to find out more because, yeah, the logo for Jurassic Park is such a such an iconic logo uh, and a very complicated logo, too, in that sense. Like, it's actually very minimal, but I mean, in the sense of like a movie logo, uh, when you think about the Jurassic Park logo, you don't just think about the font. You think about the T-Rex uh, and this sort of circular thing that it's housed in. So it's very minimal for a very detailed logo. Um, and it just you can like it's just like burned into my head. Like I can just see it when I close my eyes. All right, our next um, letter, letters to the editor. Uh, Our next uh, email is from Sarah. She says, hi, Stephen. I'm Sarah. I'm from Chicago. Hell yeah, Chicago is the best city in the world. Uh, I'm from Chicago, and I just listened to your episode of Natch Butte, which I found out about because I followed Jackie Sensor episode of Slumber Party, which I listened to after becoming a diehard murderino. Podcasts are nuts, man. Yeah, podcasts are freaking nuts. I also discovered Jackie uh, and became a fan of hers through um, her appearance on Slumber Party. And Slumber Party is how I kind of discovered all these podcasts. I mean, it was the first podcast that I listened to really, or that I subscribed to. Like in my podcast app, it's Slumber Party. So uh, it's just kind of a wild, uh, 
yeah, you know what? You said it. Podcasts are nuts, man. Uh, and then she says, so Jurassic Park is the best, and I'm so excited for this new podcast. I'm a big fan of the original and can't wait to learn so much more. I had to tell you about the show I saw at Second City a while back. Uh, in case you haven't heard about it, it's called Hold On To Your Butts, and it's a live three-person, two actors and one Foley artist, essentially shot-for-shot recreation of Jurassic Park. And honestly, it was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. So creative, so well done. And the people who created it are the biggest Jurassic Park nerds and um, are convinced it's the best movie ever made. I'd love to hear you guys nerd out about J- JP together. Uh, thanks for keeping Karen and George's lives together and making some incredible content. Uh, hearts, Sarah. Um, well, thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, that sounds awesome. Like I, so my sister lives in Chicago currently, um, and I'm thinking about going back pretty soon. So I definitely need to figure out when they're doing this, if they're still doing it, because I definitely need to go. Uh, so thank you, Sarah. All right. The next email is from, uh, M. I'm so happy that you brought this podcast to life. As you can probably tell by my email address, I'm a big fan of dinosaurs. Already obsessed with the idea of owning Dino Rider toys as far back as I can remember, the release of Jurassic Park when I was eight firmly cemented me, uh, firmly cemented in me the dino equivalent of a crazy cat lady. All right, I'm totally on board. Uh, as an adult, I still have at least a handful of plastic dinosaurs in my purse at any given time. You're the coolest person ever. Um, if you're having a bad day, you're likely to find one of my dinos left as a surprise for you. It's become a tradition of mine that when I move on from a place of employment, you'll find dino surprises hidden for years to come. In one of my early retail jobs, I super glued a trail of my pals wandering around underneath uh, underneath one of the store display shelves. I have tattoos of a brontosaurus and a stegosaurus. My wedding decorations consisted of endless dinosaurs spray-painted gold who now live amongst my plants all over my home. You are my people. P.S. I never get that. Never did get that Dino Rider toy as a kid. I watched my brother unwrap his at Christmas, at Christmas time. While I got toys for girls, quote unquote. I'm making up for it now with a growing collection. M. Um, and you can find her at M Somerville Illustration and at Lick My Cupcakes. Um, you know, I'm going to include everyone's uh, handles and stuff that gave them in the. Uh, in the notes, um, but thank you, M. That's really cool. I love that. I really love the idea of like, I don't know, creating, just creating that space. You know, um, I would definitely be somebody who would appreciate if somebody left me a dinosaur. Um, that's super rad, and that's super rad that you have dinosaur tattoos because that is awesome. And you know, it's so funny. Just, I mean, if you haven't even, I just, I'll just call attention to it now because it's just something that I've noticed is that. Uh, everyone responding to the show has been primarily women. And that's so cool to hear because, you know, even just looking back at some of the, you know, response to Jurassic Park at the time and how people were kind of calling dinosaurs boy toys and stuff. I think that's so clearly fucking bullshit uh, because dinosaurs are for everybody, um, men, women, whatever gender, you know, like dinosaurs are for everybody. And I think uh, I'm just going to say that now that just uh, fuck this like dinosaurs are for boys bullshit Jurassic Park is for boys like clearly it's not and I'm just so happy that I get to hear from so many people that um, you know that grew up loving dinosaurs and stuff and you know like like Em said you are my people so uh, thank you Em that means a lot and I'm glad that you have a dinosaur collection now alright the next email is from Alicia uh, she says hi Steven and kitties I love the podcast. Here's my Jurassic Park memory. I was six years old when Jurassic Park was released. Me too. Uh, My parents went to see it in theaters without me because they thought I was too young. 
Yeah, they were probably right. Uh, what I finally was allowed to see it, my mom thought I couldn't handle the opening scene with the raptor. Uh, so she covered my eyes. I had previously had a pretty bad experience with scary movies after I watched Nightmare on Elm Street at a friend's house and didn't sleep through the night for a year. That sounds bad. So I thought my mom was probably right, and I avoided watching the intro scene for years. As I got older, I wasn't worried about it anymore and felt like I could handle it. But every time I got to watch it, I missed the beginning. I didn't see the iconic opening scene in the movie until I was in junior high school, in all caps. And when I did see it, I felt really stupid because I totally could have handled it. Long story short, I'm a dinosaur-loving dork. Alicia. Uh, I mean, that opening scene is is certainly um, sets the tone. I mean, it's it's pretty scary, you know, just because the way Spielberg kind of, uh, you know, it's about it's about it's just about, you know, hinting at and showing little glimpses of the dinosaurs. And I think our imaginations just kind of fill it in to be scarier than maybe it actually is. But, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. So, uh, what if I was like, I've never seen it. No. Uh, thank you so much, Alicia. Okay. So here is my last, uh, the last email that I'm reading. Uh, and then I'm going to play a voicemail after this. That'll close out the show. But um, I wanted to thank everybody again for their wonderful emails, their wonderful voicemails, for people interacting on social media. We just did Jurassic June, so I just shared so many um, pictures and things from my childhood. And people were like, I had that or I always wanted that or like, oh, yeah, I remember this thing. And like, yeah, it just means a lot. And again, like a lot of these voicemails and emails, you know, uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by, you know, how much. Uh, you know, I think there's definitely a part where you grow up thinking you're like, because, you know, because Jurassic Park, uh, you know, hasn't been a th- constant in our entire lives, like something where Harry Potter was going on for so long or Star Wars, you know, you kind of think that maybe there isn't so much as a community out there. But it's like, no, I'm clearly wrong because there's so many wonderful people. And uh, starting this podcast has made me realize how much of a community there is out there. And I'm so excited there are a lot of you out there going on this journey with me. And I'm hoping that you're liking the show so far. Uh, so uh, yeah, just thank you. Um, this email is from Sage, uh, backbone of the fucking sublime. I realize I haven't been reading the uh, subject lines, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, this email is from Sage. She says, uh, hi, Stephen. I adore you and everything that you do. Oh, gosh. Uh, but see Jurassic uh, write is the first time I've ever felt compelled to write in. I just listened to the first episode today and was blown away. I was also obsessed with dinosaurs when I was a little kid. I used to hide plastic dinosaurs around my house underneath things so that I could go through the house and unearth them. It wasn't actually that fun, though, since nobody would play with me and I knew exactly where to look, so I moved outside. My dad told me a lot of retrospectively racist stories about our home being built on top of a Native American burial ground. Oof. So I figured that there'd be plenty to find. I also wasn't a sports kid, and my dad definitely struggled to connect with me as a girl, but we did share the bond of bones. Um, He would take me to museums and buy me educational computer games about dinosaurs. The clearest memory I have from from the day my parents told us they were getting divorced is going into my backyard to dig for dinosaur bones. I've decided I would also settle for arrowheads or pottery left over from pilgrims. I think at one point my mom tried to come out and talk to me, but I was deep in solace that something existed before me. Like you say in episode one, dinosaurs were extraordinary, but didn't exist in my world. When I was probably seven, my dad let me watch Jurassic Park with him, and I remember living in our, lying in our living room five feet from the TV in love with this world only half different from mine. I think because we own the Lost World and only rented Jurassic Park, I hold the former dearest in my heart. I was in awe with the dinosaurs as they shook people's windows and pools in San Diego 
And I was also a baby. I was also in baby love with Jeff Goldblum in his unbuttoned black shirts. When Jurassic Park 3 came out on DVD, I went to visit my dad for the weekend and he drove me around to three or four different blockbusters until we found a copy. I think I have to go back and rewatch it now because I didn't like it back then. So I haven't given it a fair chance since I was nine. When I was 16, my family went to the Animal Kingdom and I discovered the dinosaur ride, which wasn't fast, didn't have many loops and no sudden drops, but gave me a feeling of going back in time. It was also one of the only rides that didn't have a crazy long line, so I made my siblings run in circles with me uh, from where we exited the ride back to its start and around again. We were we were in Disney all week, but it, but that is my happiest memory. I'm an anxious person. Always have been. And see Jurassic Ride has got me thinking about the ways I do and have always self-soothed. Like Jurassic Park, I frequently watch horror movies because they are horrific, incredible, and somehow removed from my everyday life. I also listen to podcasts, including every one of yours. Well, thank you. Uh, pop music is amazing. and has opened my eyes to Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you for being such a dedicated, thoughtful, and curious person and for all your hard work. Uh, Sage. Well, thank you, Sage. That means a lot. I um, Bond of Bones. That's got to be like a band name or something. Uh, I've never been on the Animal Kingdom ride because when I went to uh, when I went to Disney World and stuff, that area wasn't built yet. Thank you again, Sage. I totally agree. Like, yeah, I think that's why we connect so much with Jurassic Park because dinosaurs did exist but don't exist now. So it's like, boom, there's like our little window into that into that world. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your really sweet and kind email. Go Carly Rae Jepsen. She's the best. And now to close out the show, I'm going to play a uh, call from a listener named Kat. Hi, Stephen. My name is Kat, and I want to tell you about my Jurassic Park story. So I actually wasn't even alive when the first movie came out. I was born in August of 1993, so I was a little too young to see the first movie in theaters. And I never really saw the films as a kid either. I got scared by movies like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I think seeing Jurassic Park would have been terrifying to me as a kid. It wasn't until I was in college, actually, that I saw the first three films. And the story goes that I had two very close friends living in my dorm with me. And we were all busy with our own schedules and our own work hours, and we never really saw each other. So one week we decided that we had to make an effort once a week for one night, and it didn't have to be a specific night, you know, whatever the week called for, it to be a Thursday or a Tuesday, we all had to sit down together and watch a movie. And the other part of that was that we had to watch a movie that one of us hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time. So it was kind of a nostalgia thing in a way to watch new movies rather than just watch the ones that we all liked all the time. And when it was my week, I decided to go with Jurassic Park because you know, growing up, I hadn't seen the movie in full, but you've seen scenes of it on TV and you hear the general plot line because it's a pretty big franchise. So we said, okay, and we watched Jurassic Park. And my mind was blown. I think I was probably 22 at the time, and the movie has been, you know, it's a little dated, but it's so awe-inspiring that I liken it to Star Wars in the sense that even though it is a couple decades old now, it takes you back to a time where you feel like the CGI and the special effects are not as dated as they seem. And it just seems so magical, you know, and you know, like in your heart and in your head that the dinosaurs aren't real, but just watching this film, it shows 
I mean, it just really brings them to life. And I remember just dropping my jaw, and I couldn't stop talking about it all week. And I remember (laughs) I got so excited about the film that I made us watch the next two films the next couple of weeks, kind of breaking the rules because there were three of us, and each week one of us would pick a new movie, and we'd go and – We'd go in order, and I just kind of monopolized the month and said, we're going to watch all the Jurassic Park movies. And I just remember watching them with my friends, and we all went on a huge nostalgia trip. We were all born in the 90s, and so we remember a lot of that time period and kind of our life through those through those films. And I just remember feeling pretty sad, but also happy that I hadn't seen the films earlier because I got to experience them in a crappy dorm room with my best friend. But anyway, I didn't see the first three films until college, and then I graduated college in 2015, so right when Jurassic World was coming out. And I just remember memorializing that in my mind because I saw the first four films within a pretty short time frame of one another, so I really got to experience the franchise pretty quickly. But since then, I mean, it's really been quite an influence influential part of my life and I just really remember um college one of the highlights being watching those three films with my friends and you know school come and go but those memories will last a lifetime um so I'm just really excited for an upcoming film love the podcast love your work and I'm really grateful that you're giving people the chance to talk about their love of Jurassic Park You can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.